Hey, how you doing there? We here at the N-Word for Nerd. I can tell you a little something about a product that we decided to, you know, steal from some people and then sell to you at a very extremely uh, serviceable price. Have you ever been tired, worn down, and just lazy? I know I am because that's my life. But then this magical drink came along, came Nerd Focus. Nerd, nerd Focus hits all that stuff in your brain, makes you smarter. Well, let me change it. It doesn't make you smarter. But since you brought this, which is a smart decision, then in that turn, it just made you smarter. So by that nature, it does make you smarter. Have you ever wanted to turn into a Super Saiyan 4? Nerd Focus will help you do that. Jason, you just had some. What do you think about Nerd Focus? It's delicious. It tastes very good. Uh, I feel more aware. I feel more awake now. Uh, I feel like I can actually talk to a girl, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe ask her out on a date. <laughs> Uh, it definitely has electrolytes in it, so that's you know that's what plants need. It's very good. It's great. <laughs> well, guys, if you want to get your own very own case of Nerd Focus, go ahead and check out our link in our description. That gives you that's our affiliate link. So if you do purchase a case of Nerd Focus, it actually does help us out tremendously, and it's just a good product. Like I said, I enjoy it. I pretty much have one every morning. It's about um <laughs> one point five in in coffee. The regular is 170 calories, but they do have a zero calorie edition that's just as tasty. So, hey, let's get your nerd focus on, man. Focus up. Yeah. Get your game face on. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and we'll start at two two minutes on the dot then. Two minutes. All right. (laughs) Get your game face on. What is their actual, uh, what the, smarter than energy, that's their actual. Everybody to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. Have you ever been smarter than energy? We'll talk about that in a second, though. <laughs> but today, we have a great show from you. And without further ado, let's go and introduce you to my co-host. Actually, I feel like you're the, the reason why people come to this show, because they already know so. what I'm going to give them. They already know what I'm, I'm going to give them straight. Unabashed, hate, 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 hate. So... <laughs> Introducing, as always, the Duke of all nerds. Jason, what's going on, man? I think my mom is the only one that comes to the show for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I watch anyway. And I'm like, thank you, mother. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, What's the great day? (laughs) Right. One of my buddies came to me and they were like, hey, I watched the show. And I was like, oh, what did you think? They go, man, like, Jason's so positive about things that are trashy. And you are so ruthless about things that may be good. And I'm like, <laughs> he was like, do you have one thing that you reviewed that you were like, oh, this is actually really good. I have no negatives to say There's about it. There's plenty of stuff that you that we reviewed that you like. Arcane, you loved. Uh, yeah, but then I did gave it a 0.5 deduction because the black dude had to like simp out. So <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, that's, that's re- a reasonable criticism. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> But yeah, no, but no, guys, we appreciate the feedback, the response. I feel like the channel is growing and growing. And even like one of the commenters even put in there like, hey, man, to help people get and see your stuff more, you need to start putting hashtags in your descriptions. And it was somebody who reviewed our Sunday movies. (laughs) Right, right. It was somebody who actually listened to our review on Arcane, funny enough. And he said that. So I started putting hashtags in there. It seemed like we're getting more of a response. So again, we thank you guys. I think next week I'll have enough comments together that we can read some more comments on the show. Hooray. So be on the lookout for next week's show because that's fun. We have some real good feedback from there. Um, <laughs> in honor of Scream, and if you guys have not noticed, every week we seem to do our list 
based off whatever the popular movie coming out or show coming out that week. So in or we just pull it out of our butts. <laughs> I, I prefer when we pull it out of our butt because it feels more like head cannon or I guess butt cannon at that point. Uh, so, <laughs> but this year, this this time we have a theme. <laughs> yes, this is how we do have a theme. So we are going to do our top final girls in horror movies or for the genre. Let's say that. Um, Go ahead, Jason. I'll let you start off. Who was your number three? I guess we're going to do my three number three final girl. final girl, top final girl. We're going to go with the classic, uh, Miss uh, Nancy Thompson, Thomas Thompson. That's her name, you know, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. She is the quintessential uh, final girl. I mean, like she has a boyfriend that dies. You know, all her friends die. She finds the inner strength within herself to uh, overcome, and she actually is clever enough to think of a way to actually overcome. Uh, Freddy Krueger uh, on her own for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's everything you want in the final girl. She's uh, vulnerable, but not being too vulnerable where you're just like, this dumb bitch right here. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? So she's and the quintessential we'll, final girl. <laughs> also, the good thing about a lot of final girls, I think it's going to be similar in our list. She does come back for sequels. For and, one. <laughs> well, one for and a, a half. Yeah. Let's say that. Because New Nightmare, she technically is Nancy, but really just Heather Camp, I think her name is. Uh, Yeah, but for a minute, she's still Nancy. So (laughs) I give her one and a half. I give her (laughs) a half a point for um, Dream Warriors, and then I give her the whole point for the New Nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, yes. I actually, it took me a lot not to put Nancy on my list because she would probably, when when I think of final girl in my mind, Nancy's always the first person that comes up, but I had to go for a little different one. So my number three, which shows you how stiff my competition is going to be, my number three is going to be Lori Schroed for Halloween. Oh, wow. She is probably (laughs) the originator of the final girl genre before it was really even a genre. But the reason why Lori got some deductions for me. So one, if you recall in part four, because they did Halloween one and two with her, Three yes. was the season of the witch, which they were going to try to do an anthology, but people like Michael movie, Myers so much. Right. Yes. The <laughs> <laughs> season of the witch it still holds up a lot better now than when it first came out. Because people that was legitimately scary Myers. to me. Like that one is legitimately like no other Halloween is scary except for season of the witch. That one legitimately Absolutely. scares me. <laughs> yeah. And so because with the whole mask and all that, yes. Yeah. Uh, and witches with uh corporations, which corporations now. I mean, corporations right. are already bad enough as it is, but you add witches to it? Nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> so, going to I got Lori a little lower is that. So, part three happened, season of which Michael Myers isn't there. Fandom erupts because they wanted Michael Myers again. So, part four, you get Michael Myers, but you don't get Lori Schroed. You get her niece. The problem why she gets ranked a little lower is because the story goes is that Lori died in a car accident. <laughs> part four. So, let's say yeah. for one part of their knowledge for the, 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 tril- the, the, the run, She's dead. Then they reboot it with H2O where she doesn't die in that. And it's fine. Great. H2O is a really good movie. Car accident. Right, right. Really good movie. Cool. Get it. And then you go to the next one and you kill her off. They let Michael Myers kill her off. So at this point, we in our mind, Lori has technically, well, I guess technically died only once, but died twice <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. Then you bring her back for this new one with the family drama and trauma. And I will be surprised if she doesn't die in the final one of this one. Well, but Evil my point is, is that, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lori Strode has more lives than Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. So that's why she ranks lower, because she's had the ability to almost die and die 
multiple times and keep getting brought back in this universe. If we had a, a, a game of top three final girls in multi-universes, Laurie <laughs> Strode would be my number one at that point because she's in, she has numerous versions of herself that seem to survive. Um, well, she Jason, is my, my number two because okay. of the fact that she is like, she is the scream queen. I yes. mean, Miss Jamie Lee Curtis is, I mean, she's the one that everybody else copies off of, right? Like, that's that's the she's the she's the mold that everybody else is trying to break, and that's why she's my number two. Even though later on in the in the franchise history, it gets very very silly, but still, yes. original Halloween and Halloween two, she is the scream queen. So that's why she's my number two. But number All one, right. this well, is gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, my number two is actually Ellen Ripley. No, I know I stretched the rules a bit here. Wow, well, I, mean, Alien, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Alien technically is a horror movie. That's a horror movie. Aliens and the rest of them are sci-fi. So, Ellen Ripley is my number. My number two. Um, let's be real. Outside of Lori, I mean, she's probably the only person that's given Ellen Ripley competition is Sarah Connor. Yeah. And I even, <laughs> I even batted around Sarah in my mind, but I felt like Terminator has always been strictly. Sci-fi now. Terminator One more was more horror focus than horror. Right, right. But it, it's yeah, it isn't really horror. So yeah, um, that's why I took Ellen in this one. But also, kind of, she lost a point too because just like Lori, Ellen gets cloned. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the, the segments of her it really isn't her. It's a clone of her in an alien. And, and that's no spoiler if you haven't seen. Uh, the last it's, one, it's Alien 4. It's a 40 year old movie franchise. I'm sorry <laughs> right, if you're right. getting spoiled right now. Uh, do better, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Also, I listen to this show, you probably are familiar with the, the, the you know, the quadruple of Alien. So, but unpopular also, opinion, uh, I liked Aliens 3. I mean, like, that's definitely good like movie. it was David Finch's one of his first movies, and you can definitely see his style and his and his sort of like meticulousness in it. Even though you know it goes off the rails and the kill off, the kill off uh, Hicks, man, that's that's messed up. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hit, off hit, screen, kill off new, yeah, off screen, yeah. Hicks and off screen, yeah, yeah. So, but Ellen Ripley is my number two, um, final girl. Also, quick question, just to throw it out here, because we like to throw some flavor into it. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis versus Sajoni Weaver in a geek and, like, off this fight. No, no, in a geek off. <laughs> no, no, no. Fist fight, Sajoni Weaver's wiping the floor, but it's such Amy Lee Curtis. But in a geek um, off, I think you're just going to top of your mind. Has, I think Sigourney Weaver has played in a lot more geeky movies than uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has. And we also have to understand, like, Sigourney Weaver's also been in um, Galaxy Quest, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of other different things. So, and uh, freaking Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Sigourney One, Weaver. Two, Easy. Um, Easy. Technically, uh, can't, I mean, I don't know what people have seen the spoiler, but Afterlife, something goes on with her in that one. Um, she dies every Galaxy morning. Quest. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Alien franchise. And, yeah. But I mean, but Jamie Lee Curtis does have the Halloween franchise. She does have Prom Night, which nope. is her first real kind of thing. Uh, True Lies, which I think is the greatest spy movie of all time. Yeah, but not really geeky. I saw, yeah, that's not really geeky, though. Uh I mean, Tom Arnold at, the po- at that point was like... I mean, th- don't get me wrong. Two Lies is a great movie. I love that movie. But I wouldn't say it's geeky. Because it's Arnold. And I mean, I guess anything with Arnold's kind of geeky. But it's Arnold being say that. <laughs> the best Arnold he could possibly be. <laughs> 100%. Whenever you go through the water and can shoot guns up at people, <laughs> you're doing the best job you could ever do. All right. 
Cool. I was going to think about to do a nerd knockoff uh, knockout about that one, but I felt like Sojourney Weaver wins handily, so that's why I she has she just has more geeky franchises under her belt than oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, um, Jason, who was your number one final girl? My number one final girl is the best final girl of all time. Ooh. I don't even say it's not even a, a, a contest about how okay. this final girl is the best final girl ever. Okay. My number one final girl is LL Cool J from Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Look, I was trying to, so when I was th- making my list, I was trying to think about like, oh, what can I put as a person of color in this? And I was like, you know, there's not really many black women who are even in mm-hmm. horror movies alone as the final girl. I can't even think of any off the top of my head. And I was Angela like, I got Bassett, put- Vampire in Brooklyn. Only one I can think of at the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, I don't Again, even I'm not Vampire a Brooklyn one. a horror movie, man. They got Eddie Murphy in it as the ba- as the vampire. That's not a horror movie, okay? <laughs> so I was like, who uh, else Brandy, can I put from in? I still know what you do like, did last summer. Brandy survives that. She does survive that one in that one, and that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head because Kelly Rowland dies in Freddy vs. Mm-hmm. Jason. Uh, the black girl also dies in Scream Two. Yep. Don't even know that actress's name. Uh, uh dies in any like movie she's in. But yeah. yeah, LL Cool J. I mean, like he's one of the first black people I've seen to to, to live at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know, and that's that's why he's my number one final girl because like the brother can can live because usually we are the first to go because we would say something like we shouldn't do this, guys, and then we get killed <laughs> off screen because we'd be like, yo, let's just call the cops and let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, we, we're going to move sensitively on this topic, but do you consider Jennifer Lopez an anaconda? Because she is Puerto Rican, which is Afro Latino. She's a person of color, yes. Okay, well, I just, Jennifer Lopez. I just, I just wanted a uh, uh, a, a real a person of African American descent. Yes, gotcha. A person of African descent, because I don't think Jennifer Lopez has African descent in her. In her, I don't know. Maybe she does. Well, if she's a Puerto Rican, she should. Well, I, I can't she tell that somebody should classify themselves. As, yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I just wanted to check with Jennifer and see that. Then you let me think about it. Think the cops for the black. show is like, yo, I do have some black in me. His name was, <laughs> his name was P. Diddy. <laughs> Did, didn't you hear my song, Jenny from the Block? Yeah. I'm from Brooklyn. Of course, I have some black in me. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Uh, and now going to my last, my last final, my number one final girl is someone who pretty much just shot up the ranks. Um, I'm gonna go Sydney Prescott from the Scream, just one through four. Um, nineteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, out of all the ones I named, she's not cloned. She doesn't die and come back, or they don't rewrite her death. She seems to always survive, and. Like in any time, not even not give her that because it's like, oh well, they keep coming after her, so she keeps fighting them off. In part four, she comes back to the town to get that uh, ghost face smoke. She was like, nah, 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 <laughs> like that's my problem. I'm gonna come back here. I'm gonna handle that, bro. I'm gonna give all that ghost face smoke. I'm knocking down ghost face killer. I'm knocking down ghost mask, ghost face Casper. Any guy a ghost in the city Prescott said, I'm coming back to Werber. I'm handling that biz like no other. I'm not gonna spoil the spoil screen five. But that could maybe change in that one. But for right now, as it stands, hey, Sydney Prescott four times, she four for four. Also, Sydney Prescott's such a badass that even her different incarnations survive. Tori Spelling <laughs> and Stab. And the Stab, stab was, yeah. 
Tori Spelling survives. So even her incarnations that are played within the play survives it. That's how much of she's a badass is. So, I, and then, as we know, Drew Barrymore was originally going to play Sidney Prescott, which means that Drew Barrymore's incarnations in the alternate universe, and she survives. So even then, Sidney Prescott still survives in the multiverse. So Sidney Prescott is my number one uh, final girl. <laughs> I also like Sidney Prescott because in a lot of horror movies, they're, the staple is that people are going to act like like idiots and like basically mm-hmm. do like the wrong thing at the wrong time. Sydney doesn't do that very often. She's really like pretty much on point on doing something you know pretty smart. At the, except for the point where she gets a friend killed in the second one, where she's like, "I got to see his face," you know, after yeah. the kid, after the yeah. car kill, get the black girl killed. That's a knock in my point in my book. But for the most part, she's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, like, that's yes, dumb. yes, yes. yes. all right well if you guys have better or different final girls let us know in the comments your top three what final girls do you think deserve a shout out or should survive (laughs) yeah yeah i think i feel like i'm gonna do a separate list we're gonna do final boys because i feel like the final boy list is gonna be tough because it's a lot of like i mean I feel like off the rip. Now nah, I, I don't want to ruin it because we're gonna do it for a top. <laughs> yeah. I feel like off the rip, we should probably have almost the same final boy, and I'll be surprised if we didn't. But we're gonna save that for one. But is I, it LL I, Cool J again? <laughs> nah, <First> time, it's <laughs> ice, it's ice Cube. I mean, I, my number one's not gonna be LL <laughs> Ice T or Ice Cube because Ice T does survive like a bad horror movie. But we're not gonna talk about that's another. That's a top topic for another day. Um. But yeah, I'm enjoying doing this. So you guys leave us your comments girl? on your top three uh, final girls. I, I I planned on making a whole category just for the girls who got out of Final Girls, the movie, and just made them <laughs> give them a spot. But I feel like I got to get a couple of sequels in them before I can get them a spot. <laughs> so. The girls in the movie Final Girls. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's jump into our review. Reviews. Scream 5 or Scream 2022. Uh, Jason, would you like to take the lead on this one or would you like me to jump in? Go ahead. You're the horror guy. You go first. Okay, great, 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 great. Uh, appreciate you letting me go first. So, <laughs> let you guys know what Scream 5. <laughs> and he drinks Nerd Focus to keep that, uh, to keep, keep it all energy. up and energize and focus. <laughs> and focus. Uh, 25 years after a streak of brutal murder shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins a tar- begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. You scream, I scream, meta screams for Scream 2022. And why the heck are we still not just calling this Scream 5? I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't put a the before Scream, so it'd be like the Scream, because that's what it seems to be doing now. And anytime they keep coming back to the well, they just, just name it the original or they put a the in front of it. So this movie really worked for me on a meta level. This is meta done right. So the Matrix Resurrections, I wish you would have took notes, put out your pen and paper, and you would have watched it. But I will even go as far as to say this. <laughs> Scream 5 is the inception of, of meta horror. Like, you know, remember, like, Inception is the dream within the dreams and all that type of stuff like that? Like, this is this movie. So... It, I'm gonna try to. There's so many layers. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to go through this briefly, but people gotta try to follow me here. This is gonna be tough, so stick with me. All right. In our real life, so me, you, you know, Duke of Nerds, in our real life, we watch Scream, but the characters in Scream, 
they watch real life horror movies like we do, like the Baba Duke and Hereditary and Friday the Thirteenth and all that. So those movies exist in their universe that we watch, but then in that Scream universe, they have a Scream of their own called Stab. And those movies exist in their universe that we don't really see in our universe, but we know it exists because we've seen it because it's our screen. But to their screen, which is what we call it, they call it Stab. It's their movie so, of their movie. <laughs> right, right, right. So the reference to Stab in the movies is the same ilk of like how we reference the Babadook and all the other horror movies that we talk about. It's like a thing for them. It's just based on a true story. So literally when you're watching this, it's basically, it's like a dream within a dream within a dream. Or if you ever saw those photos or those pictures where like it has a mirror that's showing the same photo in the picture or a TV and if you keep, like it keeps going in deeper and deeper and deeper, that is Scream 5 to a degree. <laughs> With all that being said, like the movie still hits all the Scream's marks. It does the meta portion of it. It does the whodunit mystery, which I feel like they even played so heavily into it because... Jason literally called it before the movie even started <laughs> and then called it as soon as the movie started because Scream, this Scream doesn't even try to pretend like it's going to be anything different than what we saw before. It's just going to do the same thing with a slight remix of twist on it. I love the way that like <laughs> they did all the build up to jump scares that weren't jump scares oh, and they yeah, kept doing okay. jump scares fake outs. But then here's the funny part is though, every time that it was a stated jump square, like somebody, a character would make a comment and be like, Oh, I know you're behind and you're gonna jump out. And they would do a jump scare with that, with that person jumping out from the exact same spot they told us they were gonna jump out from. Like it was very funny to watch this movie and go, This movie literally is telling us, like, hey, this is what you guys like in horror movies. So we're just gonna literally telegraph everything you like so that you can enjoy this. I'm I'm okay with getting spoon-fed enjoyment in a horror movie. Like I as you guys probably watch my Halloween Kills review. How like I'm the one that gave it a pass for all the stupidity that was going around for it. This one is actually done intelligently, and you could tell it was deliberately done to make you feel away. Where I think Halloween Kills was just bad writing, and they wrote themselves in the holes they couldn't get out of. This one is like, oh no, we could get ourselves out of it with better, with better terms. But why? It's funner to do it this way. Besides the meta commentary, they do have a huge commentary on fandom and a toxic nature a fandom when it comes to a culture that is built from movies and how fandom re re reacts to that almost to the point that they said it correctly. Like anybody that takes over a franchise or tries to add a new installment to a franchise, unless you do it the exact same way force awakens, you do something different. The last Jedi, the, the, the all the fandom rejects it because they don't want the same thing, but they want the same thing, but they want the same thing to feel different but still hit the nostalgia notes of the past. And one of the characters does go through this whole requel thing that states it a lot better than I'm stating it, but she's right. Like we are literally living in an age where we create, we, we cry about no originality, but yet when we get something original that doesn't fulfill what we think the originality should be, we reject it. But then if we get something that feels the exact same way, which is remix, we get up in arms. We, we enjoy it, but we go, Oh, but they, they could have done something different with it. Going to the movie itself, uh, the performances here that knock it out of part. Uh, Jenny Ortega was great as the, the younger sister. I think she knocks it out of the park for her performances. If there's going to be any kind of quote-unquote scream queen of this, I think she does the majority of the screaming and the yelling, but her older sister is probably the badass. But here's a 
Thing. She's the only one that actually looks like a teenager. <laughs> right, that's true. But here's the thing: I think I would never. But also, I think her older sister isn't trying to be a teenager either. Yeah, yeah. But of the teenagers, it. she's the only one that looks like an actual teenager. Right, right, right. Uh, I thought I would never say these words ever in my life, and I'm going to say it that David Arquette's the best thing about this movie, and I still haven't forgiven David Arquette for Ready to Rumble. But <laughs> this 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 makes it a little easier for me because anybody knows me, I'm a wrestling fan, so. This performance so, by David Arquette. <laughs> Have you seen Ready to Rumble? Look, that's a love story to to wrestling that he just <laughs> failed at doing. All right, like no one got the joke except for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a bad comedian. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, but this gives me some redemption. David Arquette's amazing in this movie, and how his story plays out in this one is great. You never think from if you watch Scream One. From Officer Dewey to where he is in this one, that evolution and that progression is is it's 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 the best thing about almost this series now at this point. And again, these are words that I would never utter about Scream that David Arquette was the best thing. The only real major gripes I have, um, some of the dialogue is kind of clunky. You could tell they're missing Kevin Williamson from this a little bit. Especially that it's that part, and you, know, you will probably remember it too, uh, Jason. When Dale and Gail are having that talk outside that person's home, it feels yeah. completely like a soap opera, and the way they shot it didn't help, like the feel you of didn't it either. Tell it, me. It, I tried, right, right. Yeah. It just, it, it just felt, it felt like it was no connection there. And they used to be married in real life, so you would yeah, think like that would have been an easy thing years to ago. <laughs> right, and that's why probably didn't like, want to do the scene with it. That's probably why it's so bad because he's like, I don't want to be in this movie with her. <laughs> oh, and I'm pretty sure, I'm, but I just figured that in their real life, they probably don't talk as much as they think. So doing yeah. this for screen probably would have felt more in my mind's more natural. But anyway, that's just one example of I think of the clunky dialogue that goes on in this movie. Uh, so that's my real biggest. I get my gripe here. All the screen for even Scream Three, which I think is the worst one out of all of them. They always still have punchy one-liners and one-uppies, and the 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 way the dialogue always feels is very quirky and direct. Where this one does feel like they're trying to emulate that style, but the writers don't write in that style, so they're almost doing like a fan film of that style, and it yeah. comes off sometimes like that. So, um, but other than that, man, they up the brutality in this one, which I thought that was good for the new era because more of our horror movies are more brutal for it. The thing that's going to make and break this movie for a lot of people is the final act. If you've been buying into the movie and you can buy into the final act of who the killers are, what their motivations are, and how it goes down, if you can buy into that part of it, you'll love this movie. If you cannot that buy part into that is part of it, really silly. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's my point. If you can't buy into that part, you're not going to like this movie. So I'm putting that up front. So when y'all hate on me for my score, I'm just going to refer to you and say, "Did you like the final act?" And if you say no, it was terrible, I'm going to go, yes, that's what my review said. If you say no, I love the final act and I still thought it was trash, I don't know what you were looking for at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> The final act was the best part, but the rest of the movie was the garbage. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. So I do want to say RIP to Wes Craven, and I, I do wish Kevin Williamson would probably come back and do this one. But I think and where, the, where the, the movie left off, if they wanted to continue and do Scream 2 2023 or 2024, <laughs> it it – it will work because the new cast, I think, are strong enough to carry it. I just think that it's going to be hard to – I don't know what you can satirize or metarize going forward, though. But it's a lot more smarter people than me. How do you get more to figure it out? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 
You can just uh, make it real. You're gonna go and actually kill people. And just well, yeah, I'm gonna go new nightmare style. So it's new <laughs> yeah. scream style. And like Nev Campbell's gonna... playing Nev Campbell. Be like, oh, I love playing Sydney Prescott. And then Ghostface comes out, <laughs> out yeah. of the screen and chases her. And I don't know. Actually, don't starts know. murdering people in real life. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And you know what you do for publicity? You could plant murder stories in the real news, and people will think this is a real thing going on. And and they really will never like ever Witch. not think it's a real thing, and they'll actually think real people are dying, and they'll probably end up, you know, going to some pizza parlor and shooting people up because of it. Okay, I didn't want to go that far. I was saying like how Blair Witch <laughs> tricked people into thinking that these people are actually missing. That's what I was going at. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the you know, Bear Wishes back when we were innocent and didn't know much about the internet, and then when everybody you know figured out it was a hoax, it's like, oh, that's cool. Nowadays, people are like, oh no, I still believe that, and that's true. And uh, I'm going to actually grab a gun and go find that guy. <laughs> You're correct. What are your thoughts on Scream Five or Scream 2022? Scream 94. All right, either way, yes. <laughs> let's uh clarify some terms here. Uh, I termed the resequel, which is a sequel that uh ignores other movies in the franchise to be a direct sequel of a previous film and this one mm. is a requel which is a reboot sequel that still mm. has the other films still as canon but you're rebooting with different characters and it's my head already hurts <laughs> yes yes i feel like we've but, pretty much explained a lot of stuff that people are gonna be like nerds and turn it off <laughs> yeah god nerds uh but for this one like I really enjoyed this film. I had a fun time with this. Uh, there was a lot of really gory kills in this one that were really gory for the Scream franchise that, like, you know, normally in you know, other Screams, it's kind of like PG-13-ish violence. This one is definitely rated R. <laughs> you know, they definitely are showing some really gnarly kills. And if you're going mm -hmm. for a horror movie, that's kind of what you want to see in a horror movie. Um, I definitely like the two main uh, actresses who are playing the sisters. They definitely sold the uh, the relationship as sisters, as well as the uh, baggage they have as as their family members. Um, the one kid who plays Wes, who is about seventy five years old, stop playing <laughs> high school students. Okay, you're about you're older he's than me, my friend. From what uh, thirteen, <laughs> from, and I die. Yeah, or 13, thirteen reasons why, reasons. and all. Yeah, he's yeah. been playing a teenager for fifteen years now. Time to stop. Yeah, I can see your five o'clock shadow, my bro. <laughs> <All right? laughs> like, stop. Okay. I, I cannot believe you're a sophomore in high school no more. In fact, most of the teenagers in this are like, y'all are like 35. Why are y'all doing this? <laughs> but other than that, like, yeah, it's a really enjoyable movie. Uh, I would agree with, with Jason that um, David Arquette's part in this, uh, it got me in the feels. Like, you could feel like he really, really did a good job in this, you know. Uh, he is definitely in a different spot from where we left him in, in Scream 4. Uh, he is uh, not in a great spot, and you could definitely feel like him wanting to uh, be a better person because of it. And, you know, although uh, there are some nitpicky moments that I have, uh, you know, if you have a gun, you don't have to get close to people to shoot them, you know? <laughs> That's the point of a gun. <laughs> You know, so or, or you can uh, let I, it go to voicemail. You can let it go to voicemail. Or, yeah, or you can let it go to voicemail. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. Just keep yeah. So uh that that part probably is a little bit just like a little taken out of the back, but I understand why they had to do that just to get to the to the character beat they were going for. Uh the only other nitpick I really have is the dialogue amongst the teenage characters felt like 
dialogue written to be horror movie teenage characters rather than actual teenage characters. Because you have a friend who's in the hospital who just got brutally stabbed and you're making jokes about it and she's supposed to be one of your good friends? Like, I went to high school and we would fucking rag on anybody we didn't know. But if, like, one of our friends got injured or was uh, was like, we're not going to sit, we're going to make jokes after, you know, three months later. But not, like, while they're fucking in the hospital. You know? And especially if other people are getting murdered. Your friends got brutally murdered. Let's throw a party. Like, get the fuck out of here. Right, <laughs> Who does right. that shit? But also with that, you know, there's definitely a reason why that the movie pre- presents for, forward uh, why they're doing the things that they're doing. So, uh, another thing that I really liked about this movie is the fact, even though I did guess who the killers or killers was going to be, uh, it does give you, like, because it's so meta, it's like, oh, am I wrong? Are they just making me think that's who the killer is going to be? It could be this character. It could be this character. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so it, it makes you feel like pretty much anybody in the movie could have been the killer, which is great. But when you do get the the reveal of who the killer is, like, oh yeah, 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 I knew that from the beginning. Of course, mm-hmm. that's the person's killer. <laughs> but it, either way, you still it still have you second guessing yourself, which is great. Otherwise, yeah, this only okay. Last, last, last nitpick <laughs> i and feel like really it's nitpick. gonna be what i what i don't nitpick on but I, it's one of those things that you have to no. buy to, to sell this movie but go ahead no well, only it's not really a nitpick for the movie itself it's just that courtney cox had some work done and uh they must have botched it because her face does not emote at all during this movie mm. and there's some pretty heavy moments where you're just like oh i guess she's supposed to be sad but her face is frozen it's like you know I understand it's it's hard to be in a, a woman in Hollywood. You got to try to keep up with the times. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it, and I I feel sorry for people who who think they have to do that. But you know, Nev Campbell she aged gracefully. <laughs> Courtney Cox, unfortunately, did not. That's uh, that's unfortunate. So, but that's my only other nitpick. Other than that, the movie was great. <laughs> I thought your other I thought your other nitpick was going to be buying these new characters' relations to the old characters and how they just kind of oh yeah. Well, yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) apparently all these characters who got murdered in the last films had kids or some shit (laughs) you know and they all just just happen to all be friends again yeah they just have all live in the same town happen to all be friends and then they don't know (laughs) oh it wasn't your uncle that guy from the oh yeah my dad is that uh, the other dad and my mom was like no get the fuck out of here that's just you gotta suspend your disbelief on that all right that's just <laughs> I mean, I guess well, if it's a small town, like if you grew up in Tequila, well, not Tequila now, but Tequila back in the day, your kids are gonna probably be friends with your ki- with your friends' friends or friends' kids mm-hmm. because it's a small town. Woodsboro right. doesn't seem that small of a town to me, but I guess it would make sense they would they would start like hang out with each other, even though like one girl moved to California or move or maybe Woodsboro is in California. I don't fucking know. Yes, yeah, so California, yeah. Okay. Because Modesto is not, I guess it's not that far, so within driving distance. <laughs> mm. But All yeah, right. good movie. Fun movie. I would say what would you what, what's your rating on Scream? Scream five, four out of five. Four out of five? Okay. Yes. Uh I think I'm, which is odd. I'm I'm lower than you. Wow. Uh I believe I, I'm giving it a three point five because I think it is a I enjoyed it more than probably 3.5, but I do think that final act is a tough pill to swallow it's if you're not having a good time. Yeah, if you're not having a good time, 
it's very tough to swallow that third act. So that's why I'm gonna give it a knockdown just because of that reason. Oh. All right. Well, My, I, I, but, I add a point five, and this I guess is spoiler, but uh, a couple of characters lived. Mm. That's that's the point five. That, that's a good point. <laughs> you that's you know you you know. Look at me. You know. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump on over to HBO Max now. We're probably gonna stay there for the rest of the show. We're gonna talk about HBO Max's Peacemaker, which is a spinoff of the Suicide Squad, but we're going to go episodes one. <laughs> yes, yes, episodes one through three. So, people unfamiliar with Peacemaker, Peacemaker explores the continuing story of the character that John Cena reprises in the aftermath of the. Give me, put the 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 in front of it. The Suicide Squad, a compelling but glamorous man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. Which is a very interesting thing because we're going to talk about is does it even hold true anymore? Jason, what do you think about Peacemaker episodes one and one through three? One through three. Uh, my initial reaction to this show was that uh, I I wrote it on Facebook, so people who follow me on Facebook probably know this that James Gunn should do all superhero movies from this point on because <laughs> I think he's the only person that captures the correct tone for comic books. He can find that line between between comedy. And between drama, and then switch it up to being to be back to comedy without really losing a lot of the drama that pre that preceded it, and uh, especially in this DC universe where it's just so dour and sad, and everybody's a fucking asshole. Like this thing brings like it's funny, even though uh, Peacemaker is not the hero you want or the hero you even like. He brings such a good sort of characterization to the character that you can't help. But feel for this this asshole, basically, at least in my opinion, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoy the show. Uh, I think in this show, uh, John Cena has the ability to be himself, which is charming. So he's kind of being like the Rock in a way in this show, and actually showing like why he's become the superstar of a wrestler that he's been, more so than any other thing that he's ever been in. Because he is funny, he's charming, he's witty, but he also shows that little bit of like um, sadness to him, a little sorrow to him as well. That this character isn't that isn't as not self aware as he's presenting himself to be, which mm -hmm. is great. Which is the great thing to see. It's just not just completely cotton candy. There is some actual bits of steak and and meaty bits in it that you can eat up. And uh, also, there's some fucking references to actual DC stuff that in no other live action product, period, does they ever, ever, ever will ever mention. Like in every other live ad action adaptation of a DC property, they always try to pretend like the DC universe doesn't exist, except for that one character that they're presenting. And in this one, they're like, nah, Fuck that. Every weird thing that you've seen in DC Comics exists in this reality, in this mm -hmm. universe, and we're just going to reference it and be like, okay with it, because like that's the world that we live in, and I love that. Like, that is fucking awesome. Because they don't do it. They don't... Warner Brothers, you fucking suck, because you don't like let your things like be itself. And But in this show, they are doing it. And it's funny, and it's it's got heart. It's probably going to get cancelled. <laughs> all right I'm, I'm glad you love peacemaker so lovingly 
And you know, and it, you halfway called it too because you was like, ah, you're probably gonna hate this, Jason. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so John Cena makes me at peace as peacemaker because this is the John Cena that got over with, you know, thugonomics. This is the John Cena <laughs> that had the swag of you can't see me. This is the John Cena that was so self-aware in the John Cena sucks era of wrestling that he played into it because he knew he could laugh at himself. John Cena's on full display for this show, and it's amazing. It's great. And I cannot heap enough praise on how he plays this. I cannot heap enough praise on James Gunn for how he allows this to breathe when it comes to the Peacemaker character, because this is his show. The long short of this is, is that I think watching it episode to episode to episode, it felt like to eventually I was getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> and why I say that is that, like, James Gunn is untethered in this, which is cool to a degree, but I think I've said this sometimes on the show once in a while that everything's funny, everything is funny until you have to get serious. And I know you feel like they do the drama very well here. I think they do a terrible job with the drama because I think they undercut all the drama with making everybody a caricature of themselves. The perfect example of it to show how I feel that way is uh, Mr. Morn, like who's supposed to be the straight-laced character to a degree, but he's supposed to have this dark past and he's about to bought the business or whatever. I think it's maybe episode three. Yeah, He's like almost cracking wise and playing with his own persona not in a way that's like self-aware where you know he's kind of egging people on but he's playing it like straight but the shit he's saying is like counter to the a character of his ilk would say like he's making like Deadpool type insults to the other people but that's not how his characters play so it felt like almost like oh we need somebody to make a wise crack funny thing here where some of those moments with them could have just breathed and been fine. I feel the same way with Cena, some of the Cena moments or Peacemaker moments, where maybe five more seconds of letting it breathe before it gets goofy is like the perfect example of that is the bedroom scene when they first introduce Vigilante. Vigilante. Yeah. yeah, like that scene before they introduce him could have breathed like five more seconds, and I probably would have been happier with it. What ensues after that is pretty hilarious. And speaking about Vigilante, he pretty much steals this whole show for me. I'm sorry. Like, Vigilante <laughs> well, is hilarious. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 he's so hilarious to me because, I mean, the whole scene behind the trash can, he goes, how do you know my secret identity isn't a psychiatrist? And this would be normal. <laughs> like, like that's, that's brilliant. And the way he delivers it is so good. Like, it's so, it's so much funny stuff in it. But I think because I watched them all back to back to back, I got tired of how everything was just so goofy and as a joke. And it's supposed to be this way. So it's not a them fault. It's a me fault. I, I wish they would have <laughs> only real thing. I would have. Oh, go ahead. I'm saying I'm glad that you finally realized it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very, that's because, growth but, there, Jason. <laughs> but the problem is with it is that while realizing it's my fault, it's things in it that it, cause it's my fault. Cause, but it's things in it that should have been rewritten. Don't give a serious plot to something that this that this goofy. Like, you talked about, like, all the goofy shit that's in the DC universe is real, and they acknowledge it. I'm great with that. I loved it. One of the things they acknowledge in it, like, me and you text about it, which <laughs> I think I even put it on Facebook, which I think is the most amazing thing you can ever acknowledge. Don't give me a plot that's this serious, though. Like, it's they're playing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And give me a goofy plot. 
And then and some of the things that they, like I said, when I talk about the undercutting of the drama, a big scene happens in these first three episodes with one of the characters and their family and their family having to move. And that gets like a shot in the scene and a comment and it's over. Like you built that up in episode one of this being a big thing that this family was going to be here. You gave us a whole scene of this to kind of introduce this character and give them development. Like you almost gave us characterization of them by giving us that scene. And then the fallout from that scene is one sentence. Now I know like, you know, cause James Gunn's a good writer. I know that's going to come back at some point, but again, let me sit in that moment that she had to make this decision that she didn't want to make that was unpopular and having to feel what her significant other felt about it and still having to sit in her ground that this is the right decision. Let me have that moment. Like, so that, I think that's what it is for me is that everything is funny unless you get a little bit serious and it never gets a little bit serious for me. So everything is just trying to be funny. And at a certain degree, I'm kind of like, Oh, I know. I get it. You're going to make some insult. That's going to be some arrangement of curse words. That is going to be cute. Got it. Yeah. Again, and you know me because that's how my exhaustion from Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. And my exhaust it's all of that together. Tika YTD, James Gunn, Ryan Reynolds, all the quirky function, blah, blah, blah. It only works for me when it has to actually be serious at some point. That's why I like the Suicide Squad. The point when they decide to be like, you're going to do what you're going to do, Amanda, because we're going to go stop, stop projects. Stop. Like, Yes, it works because you've set up so many standards to be like, even though these dudes are criminals, they still aren't going to let like mass slaughtering happen. Like, <laughs> so, but this one, again, I think this is, like I said, at least in the Suicide Squad, I felt like they were pulling James Gunn's chain a little bit back. This one, they're like, off the leash, go have fun. <laughs> you made us a billion dollars, go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to leave this bowl of food out, come back if you want, like, and let it go with it. So, it, it, again, like I said, and, that, and that's why for people who watch this, and my score is going to reflect my feelings on it, but for people who watch this, Which understand that, like, it, it, it's a good show. It's good quality. I just from now on will make sure that I don't binge any of this because I watched episode one and I was in love. I watched episode two and I was like, yeah, this relationship is going on a little longer than I want, but I still really, really like you. By episode three, I was like, man, how do I break up with this girl? Oh, I just got to figure out a way. I still think some things about her are still cute, but I just can't spend the rest of my life. And that's how I felt. But I think it's because I watched them all together and they're like all 45 minutes of peace. So like it yeah. really was watching it all together. So if I could watch them separated, I think I would feel differently about it. Um, but I'll let you finish up because I know I came with a strong heat right there, and then we'll go to our ratings. <laughs> I just think the the one thing that really like sold me on the show uh, was in episode three where uh, Peacemaker had to put down the sniper rifle, and then Vigilante picks it up and he's just humming along and doing this. And it, I mean, moment. like you hate that, I get it because there's a very oh no, I thought that was a great moment. moment. I thought that was great because they they actually let that but sit. It, He's humming and, and they show the... with this. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, this is so <laughs> great, great for me, great TV. And I I I I bought in. I bought into that. So <laughs> well, it, it depends yeah, on I, how I, much moment... you're willing to buy into the silliness of the show, definitely. But I think if, that that, that, that moment right there is an example of what I wanted from it kind of going through. Like, yes, it's there. Because yeah, because that was a definitely yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It was definitely a longer part of the drama, and then like for a second, like it got a a break for like half a like half a minute to get you to to understand the drama, and then it went on to a, a comedy bit, which is still pretty horrifying <laughs> of what <laughs> the character is doing, <laughs> and the fact which is 
that that scene alone built that character so much <laughs> that now, like in my mind, I'm waiting for like eventually. I'm thinking those characters are going to clash because yeah. But I feel like yeah, because he like again, like I said, that that character, that moment, like you said, it built both those characters into the directions they're going to probably head for the rest of the series. So I thought that worked worked very well. But it's a lot of other stuff that I didn't think worked as well that I was just like, okay. I mean, but again, I think it's because I watched all of it at once, man. <laughs> uh yeah, I had to. I, I guess I didn't watch all of it once because I stopped to go watch Scream with you, and then went back <laughs> <laughs> to watching the rest of it. <laughs> all right so jason what are you rating peacemaker wish, episodes one through three i wish jaren were here to uh roll his eyes and 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 <laughs> and, and call it bullshit because i i love this show five out of five for me and he'd be like oh dc and he would roll uh, his eyes funny shit. enough i think jaren would rate this as high too because he loves james gunn yeah, so he was like, oh, James, James Gunn's Gunn done oh. Marvel. Yeah, he's done Marvel <laughs> movies first, so that makes him a Marvel director first, and that's why he'll run with it. So, um, mine is actually you gave it five out of five. I, I'm not gonna go anywhere close to that high, but I'm I'm going a uh, three point five out of five. I think it's well it's written. Four. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's cool as hell. I just I, I just wish it was either go full goof, or if you're gonna do serious like. Make the serious work just as much as you're making the humor and the, the the goofiness work. I guess that's my only biggest critique there. But I mean, hell, I give it three point five uh, bald eagles, five. <laughs> eaglies, three point five eaglies. <laughs> you named your eagle eagly. <laughs> what you name your dog? Dog dogly. <laughs> Dad, get the camera. Look, I can't believe this. So good, like yeah. It's, it, it Come is on, really guys! Good. It's if you like to laugh, at least give the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's good. Chance. Like I said, it's really good. All right, let's jump into our last review of the day, and this is another one that is on HBO Max. We're going to talk about Young Justice season four, part one episode, which is episodes one through thirteen of seasons four, which is called Phantoms. Uh, Jason, I'm gonna let you go ahead and go in this one because I think you may have a. A very hard critique where my critique <laughs> is going to be similar, but yeah. So go, I'll let you Greg, go ahead and run with this one. Greg Berlanti strikes again. <laughs> he starts off so strong and then he just lets down years later. <laughs> this half of the season has been like the most boringest part, like half season that I've ever watched. And I love Young Justice. Young Justice has always done. You know the Teen Titans justice, even though they're not the Teen Titans in this. They're ten, they're pretty much the Teen Titans, and yeah. this one, um, I don't. It's just like the story isn't there because I guess they have decided to split this up into various different like story arc chunks. So instead of having an overarching story, um, we for a lot of this for a lot of this these thirteen episodes are with characters we haven't even heard of. Like, let alone care about. Like, they introduced like thirteen, like as a background character last season, and then you know, even though this season takes place like a couple of months after last season, now she is on another team with a whole bunch of other characters who we've never met before in the series or heard about, 
and now we spend four episodes with these people in their trials and tribulations. And I'm like, I don't even know who 13 is. And I read a lot. She's a, a show specific character. I don't even know who she is. And we're like, we're spending all this time with her and her friends. And I don't, it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, I, this, this, this whole thing is just like, ah, like, give me back the characters that are what made this show. I mean, we did have some sign with, with, um, Tigris, formerly uh, Arrowette or whatever, uh, and yeah, her, Arsenal and that was probably, yeah. yeah, and that was probably the most strongest part of the season was that because it was dealing with you know things that she's been dealing with the entire series, which is her family and the League of Shadows, and like her, you know, ability to be like the daughter of a criminal who is trying to be a superhero, and then like you know that actually is something that came back. Where you know there was a daughter of a superhero who was a criminal who still was like I should probably be a superhero or a daughter, and you know that was the, probably the most interesting parts of the series of the se- of the season was her little chunk, but the stuff with Superboy and on Mars, like, tell me you didn't want to fucking animate people's talking by having a whole the first three episodes take place where everybody's speaking tele- telepathy, it's like we oh we just cut off like four weeks of work right there guys good job mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. like. Y'all gotta do better, <laughs> and and they still haven't really like. There's a whole subplot they've been hitting at for like the last two seasons now that they have not expanded on whatsoever, and they keep hitting at it. And it's like, pay it off already, dang it! Like we've been doing this for two whole seasons, and y'all still ain't got to the point. Like, come on, this I'm hanging out with J.J. Abrams, man. Yeah, this has just been like it's just been frustrating to watch because it's like every week I come in because it's a weekly show, so I have to come back every single week, and every single week it's like, ah, that wasn't anything. <laughs> and then I come in next week, it's like, oh, okay, well that wasn't anything either. And then I come back next week, okay, this might be a little bit of something. And the next week, oh, that wasn't. And it's just, I hope the next part of the season gets better, and they're actually building up to it, so I can actually be like, okay, this is. Back to the quality that I wish it, I, that it once was, because Young Justice is good. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, young and I just don't care about what they're giving me, and it ain't doing me or anybody that's watching this any justice. We want Nightwing. We want Tim Drake. Hell, I'll even take Rocket. Give me fucking <laughs> Rocket being in a man. Like you, you bitch all your A listers. And uh, okay, let's say Mrs. Martian and Superboy and Beast Boy aren't quite like. A, but they're not quite like C either. They're probably a solid B, B plus listers. But where's where's Aqualad or Ka- or Kalair? Yes. Like where, where are the people that we spent two heavy seasons with getting to know and love, and then half of season three with to now get into season four? And then what are you trying to build in season four? Like season four, and most people in TV and things that you write, your first season you're building. Your second seasons typically are your best seasons because everything's built. Now you're doing payoffs. Your third season at that point, you're probably remixing and making the characterizations change from the trauma they receive, possibly from season season two success. So season three is going to be about that. Their changes, and then season four typically is about healing. And then your last season, usually because people write five season arcs, is about the payoff is them being complete people fighting probably the most dangerous, biggest thing they've ever had to fight. But all lessons from the previous seasons come together to make this make they're able to accomplish this mission because of everything they went through in four seasons. 
you basically just gave a season one all over again with less interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying less interesting in the sense they're like, oh, because they're not the ones that you know. No, less interesting because we don't give a shit. I, I don't care about Tigress and Chester Cat. I know that you think that was the strongest one of it. I, I don't think it was the weakest. I think Zatanna's one was the weakest by far. Oh, yeah, most I think certainly. This, I think this <laughs> one was the second because you've kind of already told us that Tigress has moved on. You've kind of already told us that Tigress has realized that it was no redeeming or getting her sister back. You, you've you done all this and even had Tigress create a family for all of this because she knew that it was no way that the other side would come in. But now you reopen his wound as if Tigress never healed from it to do this again. And then you try to do the comparison over, like you said, another hero with the same situation. And it's like, you know, I, I don't need Tigress for that. Just give me that other hero. Give yeah. me Orphan and a couple other people, new people, and then you give me a new journey if that's what you're going to do. But like you said, if you knew you were going to do this in season four, then you should have closed out all the other journeys in season three. So the season four could have been a brand new start. I know I'm going to get people that are going to say to me, well, you don't get it because the theme is phantoms. Yes, I do get it. They're dealing with the present, future, and past phantoms, which sometimes can be mentally, physically, and emotionally. I get it. Depression. Family or trauma, actual ghosts. Racial, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Racial or, I guess, colorist or caste systems. I get it. Trust me, I do. That does not make it, that makes it, it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better that you're basically giving us this, these, this heavy mytho, I mean, this heavy uh, emotional run for this season with characters we haven't built any emotion with. Like, I know, I like Mrs. Martian and, and Superboy and Beast Boys next is the next, the next guy, but let's be real. All the seasons before that, we didn't. I guess Mrs. Martian, I can say we did. We did build up a lot of um, emotional credence with her, but that's why I feel like that was the best one out of all of them. Is because not because of what they did in it, because the reactions they gave Mrs. Martian and what she had to go through. I felt it. I felt when she was talking about to her brother about he how he felt betrayed by her, her sister, how she felt betrayed by her sister and their parents. I felt that the fact that her loss it, it was her loss. I mean, the best thing about this whole season four or the end credit scenes like yeah the end credit scenes <laughs> are the best thing about it superman's in credit scene uh mrs marsh's in credit scene which is heartbreaking i mean even from beast like they're the best thing about it because i feel like that gives us more information and characterization than anything that we watched for the 30 minutes that it was on that we cared about it, it just it's just not good the animation's not really good anymore. It's not stellar. Now, again, Young Justice never had the best of the best animation. So I'm not saying I can fall off a cliff. It just isn't getting better. Like, most seasons get better with their animation as it goes on. And if you ask me that, well, Jason, well, how would you fix this? You know everything. It's easy. Pull a Game of Thrones. And I say Game of Thrones is the archetype when I say this, and everybody does it for all these stories, is that you take the characters that we know and like, and you steal storylines from other characters in books and comics and just give it to the characters we know and like, <laughs> and then you just adapt it to their personality. Game of Thrones did it beautifully in a TV show. It went off the rails in the last season, but that's what they did. They took other characters in the books that they weren't going to introduce because they didn't want to take the time to build new characters and just gave them storylines to the characters we know and love. You already have. And it worked <laughs> out great. And yeah, And so the, the seventh season where they just decided to not go with the books and do whatever they wanted to do. Because it was well, a lazy to pull from. Season. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's the point I'm getting at is that this is just, it's not, it, it's doing the cardinal sin that I say that you can't do in any any kind of media or entertainment. You can't call it entertainment if it doesn't entertain. When I'm watching right. Young Justice season four, I'm not entertained. It's not even, again, if you were going to introduce these new characters, 
then I need you to spend the time and make them work. When you're giving us four or five characters in one showing and giving us five episodes to try to get to know them and understand their plight and understand why we should give a shit, it, it don't work, man. It, it just doesn't work that way. You gave us 24 episodes with these other kids and then another 24 episode with those same kids was sprinkling in a few more new kids and next generation. Like, that's time. That gives us what we know what they are, but it just... It, it almost got to the point for me where I was like, I wasn't looking forward to Young Justice every every me Thursday. <laughs> and, and you could and you could tell we were like that because I would have to remind Jason that a new episode was up. Like, oh yeah, this new like, episode. <laughs> great. Right, I also like, think it, one of the things that like re I really really hate about the season is the characterization of Beast Boy in this. And I get depression. I get it. I understand. Like you know, it's not an easy thing to get over this, but it's like y'all know like. 40 psychiatrists right and like no one is seeing the symptoms that their buddy is and they're just like i don't fucking know we'll just go on and like they do this episode after episode after episode where no one addresses beast boy's depression and they just let him just sit there and it's like and it's like the mo and it just sets all the energy out of the episode when they do this because it's like there's no resolution to it there's no progression to it it's just oh beast boy's sad still Let's go on, and it's like, ah, uh, it's 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 bad. This right. is bad like, writing. His how come his team? I know his team is supposed to be off the Justice League books because that was in the the previous season, but they still work for the Justice League. So no one thought it was a poignant idea, knowing what he's gone through when he returned to Earth, to be like, hey, you should see somebody. Or or here's a wild here's a wild suggestion: you're overseeing that team secretly. You're not noticing that he's not going on any missions anymore and he's been back yeah. for months. Like that didn't hit somebody off to go, hey, maybe we should check on. So, and what's part about this is for me, because <laughs> you know, with the N Word for Nerd podcast, so we're going to have to give it, it's going to go right. racially eventually. So, guys, <laughs> just buckle up. First thing about to me is that the last season, guess who they put in charge? Black Lightning. Oh, so yeah, now, the Black Lightning in charge, and he's not there so no the, more. What so, the fuck? So, the brother that's in charge ain't noticing that one of the, the groups well, that he's supposed to oversee. Ain't got their leader out there running with him after the leader. He's not in charge happened. anymore. It's fucking Blue Devils now in charge in the season. Oh shit! Even though, oh, is it? I, I yeah, because Blue Devils like, oh, I'm supposed it. to be watching the team right now. Oh, okay. and he, he's the only person that's like, are you like who says, hey, you haven't gone on any missions or anything like that, you know? And, and like, just drops it. And it's like, and they're in it. The most, the the most egregious part about this is that the writers. It's not like the writers forgot about. Black Canary, who is a you know qualified psychiatrist, I, like that's what mm -hmm. she does. You know, she's a therapist. Like they bring her up at the end of this this half of the season, as she's been you know giving other kids therapy, and they've yet mm -hmm. to like, hey, <laughs> like because yeah. they did it with her in other seasons, which yep. is like, why haven't we done this? Like, like why are you guys drawing this out when you have this resource that you've already established to be a resource? to use because they used her after Wally died and y'all not y'all just letting them just just linger <laughs> mm -hmm. and like none of y'all like none of y'all like notice this like come on it's, it's just so annoying <laughs> now we're going to jump into our ratings of this and I will say this is a disclaimer which because I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and say this if the next 13 episodes are just the shit and they figures all this out we reserve the right to go back and review this at the end of the season and go okay we didn't we know this what they were going for, but we get it. But with that being said, they got a lot of the stuff they thrown on this hill that I <laughs> doubt 13 episodes is going to clean up completely. Um, so, Jason, I would say, what is your it. rating? 
they got to be solid nines every single episode mm-hmm. <laughs> from this point on to bring this back around. Because this is like a two. It's not. It's not Teen <laughs> Titan. It's not Titans bad yet, but it's it's getting there. At least I mean, like, no, it's not getting there. But it's 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 not getting exciting. It's not good anymore. At least it's not, you know, character assassination and dumb like Titans is. Right, right, right. Um, you look, I'm pretty much right there with you. I got a 1.5. I wouldn't watch these capes again, even if they were saving my life. I would close my eyes because I can't. This, this is not good at all. And that's sad because this is supposedly supposed to be the last season. And for them to make me feel the way they're feeling on their last season is if this is the last season, and if this is where they're doing with their last season, then it probably should be their last because obviously they they ran out of ideas or whatever. Because this is not it's not good. It's just not good. No, 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 no. (laughs) All right, man. Well, as everybody, thank you again for listening to the N Word for Nerd podcast. As always, I'm your host Jason here with the Duke of All Nerds, Jason. But if you didn't realize, because we probably didn't talk about it a lot, if you're feeling sluggish, let's say your brain just ain't working, you're not getting out like, oh, man, who was that, the, the main lead female in Aliens? I can't remember. She was a badass. She said, you know, get you know, get your hands off your back. What's her name? And you can't remember things because you're just sluggish and tired. Well, we got the perfect thing for you, man. We got that nerd focus, dog. Ah, that so we nerd focus. You got that link in the bio and description where you can order you a case of it, man. Nerd Focus got all the things in there to help you think good, help you feel good. You'd be like James Brown, you'd be a sex machine. <laughs> I don't know if it do all that, but at least we know no. that it does have you can't, give, you can't actually, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has things in it that will help brain function uh, and wear off the individual's results may vary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm not gonna tell you it makes you smarter, but let's just say making the decision to get nerd focus is a smart decision. So in turn, it just did make you smarter. See it's what I did? Smarter there? than energy. That's what it says on the can. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But if you're going to put you in a, a a long session of reading Harry Potter novels or Wheel of Time, go get you one of these. They'll 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 do you good. <laughs> absolutely. I don't know about you, Jason. I don't know if you tried. I mean, you tried it like. I, when I both. did it, like I don't feel like I have a crash afterwards. Like I'll drink them, and then like in the morning for when I start work, and usually when I will drink an energy drink, or I've been drinking like a Mountain Dew Game Fuel or something like that, you it'll get, get about the three, yeah, yeah, three about three hours or something. I start to crash a little bit, and I feel myself like losing energy. These I just felt like with nerd focus, man, I just came down naturally, felt good. I still felt like I had <laughs> energy, like I was still came starting my day naturally. over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Normally, <laughs> naturally, I you know. <laughs> when I come down, you know, I it's can't... like I cry a lot. You know, there's some shakes. <laughs> you know what I like in my come. You know what I like in my come down to. You know, and you know, uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and they're burping to come down, and yeah. his grandfather doing that, and they just ease their way on down back to the floor. <laughs> That's what I felt like after Nerd Focus. Like it just ease my way right on back down, and still felt good to finish the rest of the tour. Like nothing ever happened. Even though like, I, I, don't, oh, <laughs> I didn't see you any children, Mr. Wonka. <laughs> right? <laughs> this place is like Disneyland. What are you talking about? Those kids are going to get $5 million. Right? <laughs> You're extorting Willy shit. Wonka? Did you see what happened to those kids? <laughs> <laughs> that that should have been Charlie's fucking excuse. Like at the end when Wonka's yelling at him, and Charlie should be like, I just watched you murder four other kids, man. Nah, fuck this shit. You giving me some money. <laughs> You don't want to do that, man, because all those um, 
<laughs> all those Willy Wonka, uh, I guess all the Oopa Loopas. Here's a broken I don't bottle. Call them slaves, but the Oopa Loopas are pretty oh, they're much slaves. All assassins. <laughs> oh yeah, but they're all they're they all assassins. <laughs> took them from their their natural home and made them work for him. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, well, I saved them, just like a white guy. Look, if you actually read the book too, I think they're pygmies, African pygmies in the book. Oh my god! Somebody's well, going to correct all, me on that one. Somebody's going to correct me on it. A lot of his stories really don't ha- don't stand up to the test of time. Uh, he was definitely a famous anti-Semite. So, <laughs> Ooh, I'm well. sorry to ruin people's fucking childhood heroes, but yeah, some of them are are. Whew. <laughs> and you know how he was able to remember that right off the dome? Because you know what he's drinking? Nerd focus. focus. <laughs> so again, link in the description. In your, in your childhood <laughs> heroes. Oh, the link is again in the description. But guys, thank you as always for listening to the N-Word of Nerd podcast. Again, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook. You can listen to our podcast audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, and everywhere that you have your listening devices and et cetera. We're really appreciative to all the feedback and information and just the podcast community as a whole that have been supporting us as well. Um, we're, we, like I said, me and Jason are talking about like, this isn't work for us. This is fun. So as long as you guys keep responding and letting us know how you feel and think, we will keep producing. And like I said, also leave a comment for us. We'll read it on we try to, I try to do read comments once every two weeks or once every three weeks so we can let some build up so we can have a real segment of it. So leave comments and we will read them on the show. And I typically would even notify you when we read your comment on the show by replying and let you know that we're going to have a segment up about it. So, but again, I thank you so much. Can't thank you any more than that. Jason, any kind words for everybody or words? You don't got to be kind. Uh, even though this is just fun for us, I do would like I would like to get paid. It would be nice. So please come in and subscribe and watch this stuff because you know the best way out of the of the rat waste is up, not down. So I'm trying to get up. <laughs> but either way, be kind, be considerate, uh, be caring to one another, and also tip your servers and bartenders at least twenty percent, even if they suck like Jaren, at least twenty percent. <laughs> As always, guys, thank you for watching. We will see you all next time. And yes, Scream 2022 is Scream 5.